Now, RJ, as you're bringing this project together and the casting's coming, obviously you need the Marines, but now you need some actors to play the role of the Japanese Imperial Infantrymen. And um, I'm sure that in itself was um, quite a journey. How did the selection process begin with that, and uh, where'd we end up with uh, with your um, fine actors here? Yeah, absolutely. So um, it, it's a task. It's it's very hard casting to find um, authentic Japanese um, folks that, that that are in acting. It really is, especially locally, right? I mean, and in the correct age range. Right, and in in, in, in in that as well. You know. Looking in Houston, no. Looking in New Orleans, no. Looking in Atlanta, no. It was hard. And Florida, it was very hard pressed to find authentic Japanese actors that speak their native language, that can speak English and communicate. Um, it really meant a lot, and we started just kind of looking online. I mean, I, I resourced everything from, you know, uh, casting websites all the way through to just looking on Instagram. That's actually how I found Obi. Mm -hmm. I, I reached out through Obi. I saw him on Instagram, and uh, he was posting some a really funny video, actually. And I'm like, <laughs> let me let me watch this video. I watched it, and I just reached out to Obi and said, "Hey, I'm, I'm and Obi had had acting experience before, and um, yeah, I reached out to Obi and said, "Hey, are you interested in um, portraying a Japanese soldier during World War II?" I told him what the story was about. He was very excited about it, and. Uh, yeah, I talked to Obi and we, we, we struck a deal and brought Obi in. He's from Los Angeles. And uh, that's just kind of how it worked. And that's how we found Fumi through Obi. <coughs> so uh, I'm very lucky to reach out through those channels and, and very blessed to have Obi a part of the project. Phenomenal actor, um, just a great personality. And uh, man, I saw him. So I'm turning it on today in his scene. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much. Absolutely <laughs> remarkable. It, it brought the authenticity to uh, to what we were looking for. Obi, how did you get started in acting? Um, so um, back in seven years ago, um, or maybe six years ago, I guess. Um, I was in Las Vegas from Japan. I, w I was there to become a student in college, and when I became a soulful more, um, because of seeing my friend doing acting career in Vegas, and I reached him out how to become an actor. Yeah, and that's that's a, that's the kind of the way I started um, learn about the IMDb mm -hmm. things. And the back in time, I'm not allowed to work. I mean, I don't have any work permit. I'm not allowed to get money, but um, you know, people still give me chance as a volunteer and earn the credit and you know and I get the chance to develop my career and then I got to work for a minute as an actor and then I get the visa things um, it is a long path um, especially if I compare with American people to succeed in this industry but sure yeah um, you know um, not only LA is the part um, I discovered a lot that not only in LA have um, wonderful project. Even Las Vegas, I had a great people to meet, and this one too. Um, we just spent like only two days, but I feel like this is a wonderful crew and the cast, and you know, I felt um, really big one 
team connected and working on the same page and yeah it was very fantastic experience for me now fumi i know you just recently moved to the states or you just came here on a visa like within like what six months yes uh just only student visas student visa yeah how did you get involved in acting well uh it's about uh, one year ago uh my parents suggested me to going abroad to study then yeah, I was anxious about the uh, future. Uh, should I stay in my country or going abroad somewhere? But then I was 19 years old and not 20, so I felt it is the chance for me to challenge something big, this challenge something uh, for making a succeeding as an actor. So I decided to move in Los Angeles last year. Then. I could see Obi. <laughs> then he introduced me this project. This project was the first time for me to act something as a movie character. So there are so many things I didn't understand and I was uh, nervous things. So, but uh, I was Boomy so lucky. Did great. Yes, he did. He sat here saying this is his first acting yeah. gig, and it's just blowing my mind because I. I had the privilege to watch these two gentlemen act today, and then I also had the privilege of looking over your shoulder at in, the, in Video Village at the, at the dailies, and seeing even before color correction and all that, just with the the light, the great lighting job that the lighting crew did, right. the the performance was outstanding, and the scenes that you guys shot today are just when that's up on on the screen, it's just going to blow people's minds. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and so when you're sitting here saying this is your first real acting gig and that this is something you decided on a whim a year ago, hey, let's uh, give us a shot, I was just blowing my mind. I was ex kind of expecting to say, oh, I've been doing this over in Japan a few years, and I figure, hey, let's advance the career and head to Hollywood. But um, I'm completely shocked to find out that this is your first real go at it. <laughs> uh, I never made this connections and this project. So I'm so proud of joining this short film, so thank you so much. What was it like for you guys to put on the uniform of, well, you're a lot younger than I am, I was going to say your grandparents, but <laughs> what would be your great-grandfathers you know, and to portray in the most authentic way possible that of the um, infantrymen of the Empire of Japan? I mean, what was that like for you guys to put on that uniform and because, for example, I know when a lot of people first get into living history and reenacting, um, putting on that uniform because it's so different, the material, everything it's yeah, sure. it's kind of primitive compared to what you know, and it's not super primitive. It was only seventy five mm -hmm. years ago, but compared to the quick trying nice clothes we have today, you know, the wool hats, right, yeah. the you know, the material. And not only that, but the history that goes along with it. What was it like for you guys to don those uniforms and put on those helmets and to to have on the headgear and to look in the mirror and and see yourselves in that uniform. Um. Um. When I tried to wear those uniform, actually, um, it reminds me about um, when my mom talked about my grandfather. Um, he was actually I don't know if this uh, right. Um, English term, naval commander. Okay, naval. A naval commander. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, um, but he was about to fight 
if the war were, were extended three more days. Wow. So, um, in, in their neighbor, they, pe people say he's a lucky boy, lucky boy. Sure. Um, he personally hate about the war because he loves about the United States. He had a friend. I mean, he had the best friend mm -hmm. are in the United States. And he had to fight with them. Right? Yeah. He, you know, um, against um, his best friend. Um, so, I think, um, I, I'm so thankful that I could express uh, more of personal instead of I'm Japanese. Sure. In, you know, about this World War things, um, being in Japanese soldiers. Um, he was so against it and yeah, uh, I, don't, I mean, how should I say? <laughs> but uh, yeah. I think what Hobie's trying to say is the way that the script was written mm. was not the typical, stereotypical Japanese soldier that you see. Sure. Mm. There was an exchange of emotion between Obi's character and Lou's character mm. that showed, you know, in America we constantly show just the American soldier's kind of point of view and that emotional mm -hmm. aspect. Mm. And, and it portrays the Japanese soldier as more of these savages and, 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 and things like that. And so when I wrote that, I didn't want it to be like that because I know that's not what it was all about. Sure. Mm. I know that those young men that were Japanese soldiers had the same emotions going through their mind just as our guys did. Mm. They were killing people that they didn't want to kill. They had no idea why they were really doing what they were doing, just like some of our guys did. Well, and to be a little more in-depth about it, a little more dynamic about it, they had a lot more pressure. Mm. Yes, it sounds weird to say, well, the pressure, you, you want to live. But no, they had tradition. Mm -hmm. um, in that era, in that time, to serve under the emperor, your job was to die with honor and to take out ten men or more with your one life. Right. And so to be a Japanese infantryman, you were expected to not come back. If you were to surrender, that was considered a disgrace to your family. Mm. And so not only do you have the pressure to try to live, but then you have your religion and your government telling you, well, it's not really your job to live. Your mm. job is to die and to take out as many enemies with you as you can. Mm. And so that's a lot, a lot of pressure for somebody. For sure, I mean, yeah, let's yeah. be honest, no matter how much religious influence and pressure everybody wants to live mm. and so i mean that's just a tremendous amount of pressure and i think it's great that you as the writer knew that especially in a lot of the western interpretations mm. with the exception of uh, letters of iwo jima where they actually showed more of the japanese side of the war and it's all that and, yeah. and all mm. that happened I think it's great as you as the writer and you know to head up this project you want to put more depth and dynamic into the storyline of the imperial soldier and that yep. gives these guys a great opportunity to present a different side to their ancestors yeah. and their family right yeah, and no. their history yeah it wasn't hard to um put the trigger for this project i mean it was my line was yeah like i said you know i could get more personal so yeah, it was it was just like easy going. Yeah. yeah. Now, what was it for? What was it like for you guys to 
handle firearms for the first time because I know that's not something you really have access to <laughs> right. in Japan like we yeah. do here in the United yeah, States. Yeah, we're very peace, very peaceful. So, um, whatever, um, if there's any chance we could, could see the weapons or even like, um, I kind of discovered in the United States it's pretty common that people get arrested in front of the street. Even um, That's not even common in Japan too, so we, we will get surprised even just seeing the guns will be like, oh my god. So, yeah, Japan is Japan has changed this like 70 sure, years. Sure, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, I'm personally like, I'm, you know, I'm traveling around the world. I've been in Australia several times, and so I kind of hard to say like, um, I'm a very, very super typical Japanese, but yeah. Uh, yeah, it's, it's getting changed. Yeah, yeah. so that means a uh, little bit some young people, young people might uh, might have forgotten the Japanese traditional spirits exactly. like yeah. that. Uh, for example, die for a victory mm -hmm. like that. So it's not completely good thing, but sure. uh, that means uh, loving this own country. Yeah. So. That is good opportunity for me to tell something. Yeah, uh, spirits and value yeah. has changed yes. a lot, I would say. Yeah. Well, I know, especially when it comes to the pop culture and the clothing, the mm. Western world has a big influence over yeah. there. But you guys still have your traditions and all that. Mm. Um, so obviously, when you came here, the culture, especially with the internet and the clothing and all that, was you know you're already used to all that. What are some of the things that really um, opened your eyes up? Especially, you've been here six months. Yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> six months. What, what was the craziest things you had to get used to when you came here? Wow. Crazy things? Other than superstores, because uh, I, I dated a, a girl from Japan once, and when she first came over here and walked in her Walmart for the first time, she got right now. Ah, just dealing with things uh, I experienced. Uh, when I was the first one month, uh, uh, I was using, uh, I was going to school by bus, mm -hmm. then uh, in Japan, uh, every bus is, uh, stops, each, each stops, uh, anyway, how should I say? Uh, okay, they come in exact time. Schedule. Yeah, it's like a 10, 10, 11, they will come at 10, 11. Yeah. yeah. They will apologize if they come 10, 12. So, yeah, and yeah, the drivers that. doesn't care uh, any places <laughs> if there is nobody in that in this stop. So uh, I was wa waiting uh, usually like that. Then, but this bus passed passed through because I didn't hands up. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> that was very surprising. Uh, what we were <laughs> going so. That's it, yeah. Well, there's definitely a different and demographic when it comes to the people who use mass transit mm. in the United States compared to over mm. in Japan. Obviously, it's with the small density of the uh, country mm -hmm. and the population, mm. mass transit is just that, it's mass transit. Right. Whereas in the United States, with the exception of New York, Chicago, and LA, um, especially like in a rural spread out town like this mm -hmm. most of the people who use mass transit are people who 
are in a lower income spectrum who can't afford cars or they lost their license because mm -hmm. they're drinking and driving. And so there's definitely a different level of sense of security when it comes to using the uh, mass transit here than right. opposed to probably back in Japan as well, I mm. would assume. Yeah. Now, with Walking Point, was um, how many days of the shooting schedule were you guys involved with? Uh, we had only two days. So just, just yeah. the Florida, you guys weren't out in Texas for that part? Or uh, we just... Um, no, only in Florida, yep. So you guys only did two days, you did yesterday and today. Yep. This is your first acting real gig. Yes. And I'm, I'm just trying to process this because once again, as we said earlier, the performance that you guys gave, it's just, it, it was staggering. Uh, and, and for example, um, not to give anything away, but as we said earlier, when you're doing a production like this, you have to reshoot scenes over and over again, or <laughs> different angles, different that. And to see you guys redo your lines and have that pause for the same exact amount of time each time <laughs> and do the same action at the same point each time so that each angle matches up and to find out that this is still relatively new to you guys is even more um, kind of an outline of your natural acting skills, I would say. And, and Thank you. <laughs> and I, I definitely hope that you guys further your career because I mean just from what I saw today was a tremendous job so, so I'll butt in real quick so when when Obi first auditioned mm -hmm. he sent in an audition and it was great sent him back a couple notes and said Obi do it do it one more time for me and just let me see let me see some of your anger and let me see some of your sympathy all in one take which is a crazy thing to ask any actor to do sure and he sent me back that next audition I, I got Chelsea I said come upstairs and watch this she came upstairs and watched it and we're like we need to let's call Obi let's get let's get Obi on board you know we'll bring him in from LA and uh, we we need Obi to be a part of this project <laughs> Thank you so much. <laughs> it was a beautiful audition I'm telling you it was well like you said that's crazy for any actor but for the type of role that you wrote that's ne necessary because as we said earlier He's portraying a Japanese soldier who has his own feelings, his own desires to want to explore his humanity. But then he's fighting the culture and the um, indoctrination that he faced at the time. And so you almost have an internal Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hydro, where yeah. you're trying to be the soldier that the Empire wants you to be, right. but you're also trying to be yourself, mm. and those two are conflicting, and one of them's going to win out. Right. And so you have that internal struggle and you're, the way you brought that across on, on screen was just, was mind blowing. And I hope you take that away with this project to reinforce any, um, or not even reinforce, but to erase any doubts that you may have had about mm -hmm. your acting skills. And both of you are fantastic. And I, and I see uh, nothing but great things for you coming down the line in the future. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. <laughs> yeah, it was I very um, special. Um, yeah, it was a very special turning point for us too. So yeah, hopefully we'll get, a, um, get the chance to work with these people again. Yeah. Now, did either one of you find anything out? Um, when re I'm sure you guys did some research for the, the, the role. And yep. did, did, did participating in this project um, drive either one of you to go back and do some more historical research 
on your um, ancestors and the roles that you guys play that they played uh, during the war? Ah, uh, during the war, uh, <laughs> I mean, like more try to. Um, we have basic ideas, um, but yeah, I mean, it was for this one is more personal things, so. I didn't have big research again. Sure. Yeah, yeah. I tried to have. I I end up not having it, but I also tried to search, um, see if I should bring um, dialect Japanese, mm -hmm. like a more of the countryside. Like regional. Yeah, regional. Yeah. Sure. That like not like a Tokyo way or something. Yeah, because the way the empire operated is they in fact their divisions of their military were in fact regional, mm. and so. I mean, that's a very good point. Yeah. Um, because, you know, as us being Anglo-Americans, we, you know, we hear Japanese, we don't know the difference in the dialect, just yeah. like um, when we're hearing German, we don't hear the difference in the dialect of the German language either. Yeah. But the fact that you put enough effort into thinking that far ahead of, hey, what region could these guys possibly have been in, and then to add that accent into your, into your language is... Mm requires even more acting on your part. Mm. Yeah, true. Yeah. So, um, any, where wh wh where are you guys going from here? I mean, um, you, ha you have any future projects coming up? Are you just taking it as it goes? Oh, um, yeah, I personally, um, have um next move in this year, um, on November I'm going to move to Vancouver. Mm -hmm. um, officially, going to work as an actor there for one year. Um, I just got the uh, like two days ago. I just got the visa. Congratulations! Work, work, yeah, thank you so much. Work permit in Canada. I mean, I was still going to keep um, work permit here in the United States. So whenever I get the chance, the big auditions, I'm just going to come from Canada and take audition or work on the project or something. But yeah, that's the things um, I could open up my territory. Working, working as an actor, and I thankfully have a lot of uh, um, auditions coming up for major TV productions, but it is um, so hard for them to hire visa talent. Mm -hmm. They always um, require um, either green card holder or citizen, and I'm gonna be excluded all the time. So, um, but in Canada. Um, um, they accept the visa talent too. So, um, since I have, I feel the possibilities um, to get into the TV industry. Um, yeah, I hopefully I could give it a shot right there. Well, the good news for you two, um, I'm not sure if you're familiar with the uh, comedian Joe Coy, but he's Filipino, and he has a podcast, and he's he always has a lot of Asian comedians and actors on there, and they're constantly talking about how over the last four to five years that there's been more projects coming available to Asian actors. Mm, yeah, and exactly. There's more avail there's more um jobs available, there's more um potential being available now than there ever has been and so I mean to get involved in acting I think there's probably been no better time, you know, for young Asian actors to um to break into this industry than it is mm. right now because sure, yeah, yeah. It seems to be, um, it's going that way. So I yeah, mean, that's a very lucky point for us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and so that's that's fantastic. Um, if, are you? 
if people want to um, track you down, I mean, do you guys, are you on the American equivalent of the Instagrams and the social media? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, what are your handles? Where can people find you at? And um, where can they go? Um, the most active stuff that you can see would be, um, oh, yeah, um, Instagram, um, O-B-I-E-S-H-O, simply, um, you know. Sure. That will be my Instagram account. Um, also, I have a my IMDb officially. I constantly updating stuff as well. I do have a website too. So which website? Um, website. Uh, it's my personal official website. Things. Um, if you just go www.obshow.com, very simple. Um, you can find me. Um, if you just Google it, I mean, yeah, you you will see me popping up. Yep. I don't have any website, but I I have only Instagrams and. Facebook, just typing Fumitake Karashima A F U M Y T A K A K R A S H I M A like that. Yeah, that's it. First rule of the internet, short and sweet. You're gonna have to find a an abbreviation version for that. <laughs> I wanna thank you guys so much for what you did. Um, like I said, I was completely blown away by your talents and your acting today and I'm so thrilled to see you guys a part of this project and I wanna thank you so much for coming on our podcast today. And um, I hope nothing but the best for you guys, and it's been an absolute pleasure. Yeah, thank you so thank much. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. <laughs> and that is going to wrap it up from the wrap-up party for the Walking Point World War II film. Um, as always, whenever we do these podcasts, we will include photos, links to all the um, pertinent websites and all that information. And uh, I want to thank everybody for continuing to su support our small little podcast, and we will see you all next week. A Marine is always faithful so is a man's best friend. 25 war dogs gave their lives in the liberation of Guam and were buried at the War Dog Cemetery. Walking Point is a short film about the love, loss, and victory revolving around the young Marines and the donated dogs of World War II. During the first segment of filming in Fredericksburg, Texas, Black 17 Production was able to donate $3,100 to the National Museum of the Pacific War. Going forward, all funds raised above the filming budget of Walking Point will be donated to veterans and canine charities. This production is not only about honoring the greatest generation and their four-legged warriors, but also about giving back to the working dog community. And I personally have to say it was a great honor to be made part of this project. And RJ, and Chelsea, and Lou, Josiah, and everyone else on board were great people, the film crew, everybody. And I just want to personally want to thank everybody for listening to this episode of the What's the Scuttlebutt podcast. And please go to WTSPWorldWar2.com, click on the Walking Point icon, and I will have a link posted to the fundraising website for this production. Please feel free to contribute as much as you like, as little as you like, because once again, any monies not used for the final production of this movie will be donated back to veterans and canine charities. And I will also include the links to everybody's Instagram and other social media pages on the website.